0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hi, My Name is Life podcast. This is episode seven. I am your host, Aaron, and my preferred pronouns are she and her. I'm going to jump right into things this week. The topic, of course, is going to be a little tough, as usual, with the stories that I'm sharing. (laughs) But I wanted to give everybody a heads up that the show might contain some triggers for some of you. It's going to be an episode about adversity, hate, threats, and discrimination, and how I was able to overcome all of them in a way I felt was the correct approach to take. And because of that, I had to give this show a more fitting theme than just anything is possible. And I think the best theme to give it is Rise Above. So, to bring everyone up to speed fairly quickly, last week I talked about my attempt to return to competitive cycling, uh, to then be told that I would not be able to, discovering the world of triathlon, making the goal of finishing a full-distance Ironman two years after my accident, as well as starting my hormone replacement therapy. Now, if you would like to get into all of those details, I would definitely recommend going back and giving episode six a listen. Now, to pick up where I left off, my coach and I were pushing back my swim workouts as much as we possibly could because of my fear of going to the gym and the women's locker room and using the pool so early on in my transition. But it came to a point we couldn't wait anymore, which means it was time for me to find a gym that would not only be accepting of who I am, but supportive as well. To my luck, there were only two gyms in my area to pick from. And between the two, it was kind of a no-brainer which one I would eventually end up going with. Like, do I want the gym with a saltwater pool and five lanes, or the gym with the chlorinated pool with only two lanes. It seems pretty obvious if you're a swimmer, which gym you would go to. And that being the one with the saltwater pool in the most lanes, (laughs) hands down. Now, before I reached out to the gym, I needed to decide how I was going to approach things. One being completely upfront with the gym staff that I was a transgendered woman, and the other being going in there in quote-unquote stealth mode. Now, before I continue, I just wanted to make clear and give a little of what I meant by stealth mode. So many trans people refer to stealth mode as not necessarily advertising to the world that they are trans at all. And please don't mistake this as the person not being proud of who they are or the community that they're a part of. It's generally a tactic used when the trans person lives in an area that would make being openly trans dangerous. For me, that wasn't necessarily a concern, seeing as I lived in an area with a large LGBTQ presence, and a state government that is very supportive of our rights. I also knew that going stealth mode didn't really match up with who I was, regardless of only being on HRT for three months and needing to wear a wig and breast forms. I always believe it's important to be upfront, open, and honest about who I am, not just because I'm proud for being a trans woman, but I have also found that it makes interactions with people and places so much easier. I mean, you'll know right away after being upfront with somebody that they'll be supportive or not, which then makes it easy to decide whether or not you'll want to waste your time and or money. But specifically for gyms, I think it's very important to inform them of being trans so you know what their stance and policies are with regards to gender specific facilities like locker rooms. So I went to the gym to ask about becoming a member and was directed to a membership specialist who I told that I was a trans woman and wanting to know whether or not they would allow me to use the women's locker room or if they had an alternative like gender neutral locker rooms. She told me that they didn't necessarily have gender-neutral locker rooms. The closest thing that they had regarding that is something like uh, a family bathroom that you could lock the door. But that family bathroom didn't have the stuff you would traditionally have in a locker room, like showers and lockers. (laughs) But with regards to using the women's locker room, she wasn't sure what the gym's policy was for that but was open to go speak with one of the managers to confirm. Once she returned, she found out that they actually have a few transgender members already and that I was more than welcome to use the women's locker room. Hearing that, I was just like so relieved. And obviously, I signed up immediately and shared the news with my coach, who told me, it's time to go to work, girl. And boy... We went to work <laughs> uh, because going into all of this training for my first Ironman, I didn't know how to swim. Well, I didn't know how to swim properly. Let's say that I was really good at the doggy paddle and the frog swim, but it was very clear that those techniques weren't going to cut it. <laughs> weren't going to cut it um, for the two point four mile. Ironman distance swim that I needed to do, obviously. <laughs> I was, uh, so I was basically starting from scratch. The first lesson I had, I couldn't even swim half the length of the pool, which felt incredibly defeating because it's only 50 yards ish uh, when I needed to be able to swim 2.4 miles. Like everything I went through during rehab, you also have to start somewhere. And I understood that. So after I kind of allowed myself to process through all of these emotions of defeat to finally clearing my head and looking at the results of that first swim lesson, I flipped things around and looked at it in a more positive light. And this is kind of like, this is kind of how I looked at it. So we do the, we run, I ran the calculations, you know, 2.4 miles is around 4,220 yards. And I was able to swim 50, which means I only have 4,170 yards to go. I call that progress, right? So the majority of my training for this Ironman was spending time in the water and just swimming nonstop. And I kept chipping away at that 4,220 yards, and obviously, I eventually was able to swim that distance. So, just more proof, everyone, that anything is possible. Now, during this pool and gym time, I really wish I could tell you that was all biscuits and gravy, but reality was about to swing its terrible head my way, and... Before I continue with that, I would like to take a little bit of time to share with you how I navigate the women's locker room and to let you know that I'm fully aware of and respect all the viewpoints on this subject, but I feel like it's important for you, for you all to understand the lengths I take when I'm in there. To start, I'm, tr- I'm tremendously respectful of everyone there. And the last thing I want is to make anyone feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, it's also just as important that I feel comfortable, safe, and respected as well. I'm not the type of person who's, who's going to just walk in there, pull my pants down, and tell everybody to just deal with it. That's not who I am, and that's not how I operate. I make every effort to be as respectful with the options that are available to me. So what does that mean? Whenever I need to change my clothes or anything like that, I get all of my stuff and take it into a shower stall and close the curtain and do everything that I need to do that re- with regards to being naked. Now, these showers aren't big, put it lightly, right? And it's quite difficult removing a, a wet, sucked-on-to-your-body swimsuit and putting a pair of yoga pants on with damp skin. It's not easy, right? (laughs) I think all the women that are listening, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Is this something I should even have to do, knowing full well the gym allows me to use the area like everybody else? No, I shouldn't. But I choose to do that out of respect to the other women around me. So I go and take that extra mile. Whenever I'm in the main area, I'm always fully clothed and pretty much only there to use the lockers and occasionally relax in the sitting area before I head home. So with all that being said, I knew going in that it wasn't going to be easy. You know, I had to be realistic. But even with going that extra mile and doing everything that I just mentioned, I still had to deal with a lot of confrontations and borderline threats to myself. I'm not gonna lie, it was really difficult and at times scary in these early stages. The first confrontation that I experienced was when I had finished a workout and entered the crowded locker room to gather my things. I wasn't even past the shower area heading to my locker when a member of the gym's cleaning staff pointed at me and yelled loud enough for everybody to hear, boys aren't allowed in here. I could feel everyone's eyes on me and I was absolutely mortified. She then came walking up, still with her finger pointing at me, and said, you are a boy. Oh my God. I was, I was so scared and so embarrassed. I couldn't even conjure up a response, but even with being frozen in disbelief that this was even happening, I had no idea where this sudden urge of courage came from, but I just told her I am a woman. And I walked right by her, got to my locker, put my clothes on over my wet swimsuit and Beelined it right out of there. I got into my car and I just broke down crying. I remember asking myself, how could someone do such a thing to someone else? And, you know, why is this happening to me? I didn't do anything wrong. I was told I could be there. And I kept repeating these things over and over again in my head where it got to the point when I allowed this woman and what she did to affect me so much that I skipped an entire week's worth of workouts. And even when I returned to the gym, I didn't have any courage or confidence to set foot in that locker room again. And I decided to use um, the family bathrooms instead for a good chunk of time. Because of this, you know, I was so disappointed in myself that I let this woman win. And even to this day, I still kick myself for it. But, you know, it was my first real altercation, I guess, as a trans woman. And I really had no idea how to react. So the only thing I knew to do was flight. And so that's what I did. But I did eventually return to the locker room. And I was so thankful that it was like nothing had even happened for a good period of time. It was just business as usual until one more confrontational encounter happened. This time I was sitting in the lounge area. Um, Side note, I'm absolutely blown away that women's locker rooms and bathrooms for that matter have lounge areas. Like what? Men's bathrooms don't even have any of that, I'm impressed. But anyways, I digress, I digress. I was sitting in one of the chairs in the lounge area, resting for my workout and waiting for the data on my watch to get synced to my phone so I can review it later. Once that all finished, I gathered my things and left to head home. As I was walking through the gym towards the exit, I could feel like someone was following me and I would take a glance or two back and could easily tell that a woman was following me from the locker room. I finally made it to the parking lot when I felt someone grab hold of my arm and swung me around. I was suddenly face to face with the woman I saw following me. And she jammed her finger into my chest repeatedly and yelled at me, How dare you use our locker room? You will never be allowed to use our locker room. Who the hell do you think you are? You are disgusting and you are a pervert. So once again, I was in complete shock and telling myself, is this really happening again? And, you know, to give a little perspective, you know, by this time I was well away from wearing wigs and breast forms. I had long enough hair to put in a small ponytail And my breasts and body were developed enough that people certainly could notice. But also, by this time, I was just used to dealing with how cis people in general treat trans women. Which certainly helped in this situation for how I responded back to her. (laughs) Like I'm sure most people would do if somebody's slamming their finger into uh, their chest... I slapped it away, I slapped her finger away, and I pulled my driver's license out and stuck it directly into her face and pointed at the gender marker and told her, look right here, that's a fucking F, and that stands for female. Now, it was her turn to be so shocked that she just kind of stood there stunned. So I took that opportunity to turn around And walked back to my car and got in and made sure all of my doors were locked. Because I had no idea what that woman was ultimately planning to do. And then I went back home. Once I got home, I was still shocked again that someone would actually act this way to another person. But I also remembered the first confrontation I had with the cleaning lady... And how much I allowed her actions to affect me. And there was no way in hell I was going to allow that to happen again with this other woman. I wasn't going to let her win. So I went right back into that locker room the very next day with just as much courage and confidence that I've had before. And for the remainder of my membership with that gym, I never had another incident altercation confrontation again, and it was so incredibly relieving. Now, I want to stick with this topic, but I would like to fast forward to March of 2019. Obviously, at this point, I was three years into my transition. Everything was fully developed, and my body had gone through all the changes that would happen, and my hormones has been in the average range of a cis woman for some time. I was pretty much well into maintenance mode at this time so of march of 2019 uh i had to move out of the area i was living in for the past three years which also meant i needed to leave the gym that has been so supportive of me and a place i worked so hard to establish myself as one of the one of the regulars in that locker room and here i am smack dab at the beginning again living in a new city and needing to find a gym that would be accepting and supportive of who I am. This time around, there was only one real option with regards to a gym nearby that also had a pool. Luckily for me, this gym was in an area that is well known for its very strong, passionate, and well-established LGBTQ community. So I figured this would be the ideal fit for me. (laughs) I shouldn't have any problems at this gym because of this. So like before, I took the same approach, being upfront that I was a trans woman and if there would be any issues with me using the women's locker room. And like before, I was told there wouldn't be any issues and that I'm more than welcome to use the locker room of my choice. Fabulous. That's what I would expect in an area with an LGBTQ community. So for like the first month, everything was going great. No issues, no confrontations, no nothing. Then we get to April and that everything is going great mobile plowed right into a concrete wall. (laughs) And what happened next would trump every single situation that, I had ever dealt with as a trans woman and would force me to traverse a whole new world of discrimination that I have not encountered before. But before I really dig into this and share this with you, I would like to play two audio recordings that will give you a pretty darn clear picture of what happened and what we're going to get into don't have gender-neutral bathrooms here, um, and currently we have a number of female members who are uncomfortable about the situation. Um, until we get some like clarification on what our policy is regarding this, would you be okay with accommodating? Room, choice okay oh, so really, you do, are... you, do you want me to go into the guy's locker room What's that do you want me to go into the guy's locker room chance so I want you to go wherever you want as to. a female I want to get as a female you want me to go to the guy's locker room okay. not particularly well versed on because Walking in with boobs in a guy's locker room is totally not going to make anything uncomfortable in there. So that was my conversation with the manager of the gym. Obviously not the one who told me when I joined that I could use the women's locker room. Uh, Unfortunately, that manager was out on vacation. Lucky me. So let's dissect the situation a little bit. So once again, I was wrapping up my swim workout and get my shower done and getting changed. For some reason, these always seem to want to happen after my workout, which probably is a good thing (laughs) versus all this stuff happening before my workouts. I just find that kind of strange a little bit. But anyways, I barely got to my locker to hear those dreaded words again there's a man in the locker room. I knew instantly what was going to happen and pretty much told myself, fucking A, here we go again, Jesus. Then I could hear another female voice asking the woman to repeat what she said, which she did, and I was like, great. But hey, I have experience in these types of situations. I've gone through this before. I'm just gonna stand here and pretend I didn't hear it and do what I needed to do. You know, just like the age old saying, if you act like you belong, then you belong. So I saw a female staff member walk right past me or walked right past my aisle, clearly searching to see if there was an if there was actually a man in the locker room. I kept my eye on her and could tell from her body language that she wasn't necessarily finding a guy. And as as she turned around to leave, she looked at me. And then she took a second look and finally gave one of those confused head tilt stares and decided to approach me. She was visibly confused and awkward until I guess something clicked in her head. And she asked me in front of the entire locker room again, you need to leave the locker room right now. At this point, the locker room was so quiet. You could easily hear my heart sink into my gut. I told her that I was a woman and I didn't need to leave, but she told me once again that I needed to leave, which, again, I responded back with no. I then asked to speak to a manager, which she told me the only manager working today is male and that he was not allowed to come into the women's locker room. Fucking what? (laughs) So... So I was like, all right, go get your manager, have him wait outside, and when I'm done in here, I'll go out to meet him, and we can talk about this in private. And I also added that this was not an appropriate place to have this type of conversation. She wasn't really taking that as an option, and she continued repeatedly asking me to leave. Finally, she left, but... Only a couple of seconds later, two men came in, one I assumed being the manager, and the second, I guess, was either security, a witness, or both. I don't know. I'm suspecting both, Uh, which I found this interesting because usually in these types of situations, like, for instance, um, at a doctor's office when a male doctor needs to examine Uh, a female naked, there's usually another woman present to observe. But, here, I mean, these guys didn't even announce to the women in this locker room that they were even coming in. They just walked in. Isn't that ironic? Don't you think? It's like rain on your wedding day. Anyways, like I said, I knew what was about to go down. So, I decided to pull my phone out so I could record the conversation and have that as evidence for what was going to be said, which was what you just heard. It finally got to the point when I just had enough of the whole thing and just wanted to leave. So I packed everything up and walked away to only have these guys follow me all the way to the door. So the whole light rail ride back home I had so many feelings and so many emotions swirling around my, in my head. You know, I felt humiliated, targeted, attacked, discriminated against, my rights being taken away. The only thing I could think of was to post what had happened as well as the recordings I made of the conversation on social media. And as one would expect, that sparked quite a reaction, <laughs> to say the least. And then out of the blue, one of my followers sent me a link to the gym's own membership policies and club rules and told me to look, go look at the Section 3. So, of course, I immediately clicked on the link and went down to the third section, and lo and behold, as clear as fucking day, the third section was restroom and locker room accessibility dash transgender equal opportunity policy. Are you fucking kidding me? This manager told me to my face that they weren't aware of any policy when it's actually right there on their own company's website. We're not talking about a small mom and pop gym. This is a nationwide gym. Let me read you what this policy states. As set forth in 24 hours equal opportunity policy, all members shall have full and equal access to the club facility. Consistent with this policy, all members shall have access to the restroom and locker room facilities that correspond to the member's gender identity, regardless of the member's sex assigned at birth. For example, transgendered women, Who were born male but identify as female are permitted to use the women's facilities and vice versa for transgender men. Each member should determine the most appropriate option for her, him, themselves. Any member who has a need or desire for increased privacy, regardless of the reason, will be provided access to a single-person facility when available. No member, however, shall be required to use such a facility. Any member who believes they had they have been slash are being treated unfairly on any of the equal opportunity policies above should report to the club management or call us at they provide a phone number. So to touch on the policy stating the right to use, where was it? The right to use a single-person facility, um, which means a private bathroom or a private locker room. My gym didn't have these available. It, It strictly just had men's and women's locker rooms. So that option wasn't available to me to use. But I wouldn't have used it anyways because I'm a woman. So as you could probably guess, after reading that, to say I wasn't beyond furious would be an understatement. And you bet your ass I called that number immediately, (laughs) Uh, which I did. And of course, it's like a voicemail line. So I left a voicemail explaining briefly what happened and provided uh, my phone number for them to call me back on. Now, when I got a call back, I was extremely surprised that it was actually the vice president of the company's policy enforcement team. I was honestly expecting your usual call center person. Um, Anyway, I gave her uh, a more detailed breakdown of the incident and she immediately apologized for what had happened and assured me that the staff's actions were out of line and most certainly do not reflect the company's stance on the matter and that this will be taken care of quickly. Once I finished that call, um, about an hour or two later, I received another call, this time from the district manager who told me had spoken with the vice president that I was talking to before. And he also apologized for what happened and wanted to talk about how to move forward with this. I was very direct with him on how the entire situation was handled. And it was clear that this gym needed to be retrained, not only on their own policies and rules, but also how to handle these situations in a a way more respectful manner and private. I mean, to do something like that in, in a public forum, I mean, come on, that's management 101. But after I finished talking to the district manager, I then got another phone call from the gym's general manager, (laughs) who also spoke to the VP as well as um, the district manager too, Uh, basically repeating everything that was already told to me. He did tell me that he had already spoken to the staff members involved and that they now have a better understanding of what their policy says. Sorry, but a little late for that, but great. I'm glad they know now. I asked him that... I would like an apology from the two staff members uh to which he informed me that he needed it to get cleared with corporate question mark that doesn't make any sense but also kind of makes sense for legality wise I guess I don't know but just to let you know on a little secret I never received any apologies from these two staff members <laughs> uh even though I constantly kept running into them at the gym after all of this was resolved. And those interactions were very awkward, to say the least. So some time has passed. And to wrap this up in a a nice pretty bow, I got a call from the VP again, and she wanted to share with me that because of this event and what happened and the recommendations I gave them, that it sparked a nationwide initiative to retrain all employees of the company's policies and specifically their transgender equal opportunity policy. Now, after hearing that, I was so incredibly proud. You have no idea that, you know, I was so proud that I was able to spark this level of change within such a large organization. I mean, we're talking about thousands of gyms and employees. Uh, that we're going to get retrained. You know, it was it was quite empowering, and shined a glimmer of hope that society is starting to understand that our community does have rights, and the willing and showing the willingness to change. And it was a really great feeling. You know, being discriminated against and humiliated and targeted to then turn into sparking this high level of change. How can you not feel proud of that? And I am proud of that, but I'm sure a lot of you are wondering. uh, Yes, I continued to go to that gym until I eventually moved out of the area. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to give up a free membership. I mean, that's that's a lot of money saved. And plus, you know, I didn't want to drive 15 to 20 miles to the next closest gym with a pool. You know, I'll take the free gym membership and, you know, deal with the awkward passing by with these two individuals. Those were some of the more serious uh, encounters with adversity and discrimination that I had to go with with regards to gyms and locker rooms. And, like... I have, you know, I've barely touched the surface of, you know, some of the minor things and let alone, you know, the adversity that I had to overcome and fight with regards to triathlon races. But, you know, if I went through all of those, you know, this podcast, this episode would be eight hours long. And yeah, no, I can't do that. You know, so I just wanted to highlight, you know, the big three that really shook my world. There was also another side to this 2019 story that had me extremely worried with people, uh, had me extremely worried that people with power can very much abuse said power. And I quickly learned of what it feels like to be silenced, to be censored. This was another thing, just like with the discrimination at the 24 Hour Fitness, This is a whole new territory that I've never had to deal with. So while I was dealing with the 24-hour fitness fiasco and handling all of that um, situation, I still wanted to figure out how we can help make the locker room safe and an inclusive space for all trans women. So I thought, who better than the women of triathlon to help me with that. I've seen firsthand how supportive they can be. Like I wrote a story about this same topic for a triathlon media outlet, as well as I attended a women in triathlon summit where I was able to voice my concerns with how trans women were being treated and not only the locker room, but in the sport of triathlon as well. And the responses from those two things were so overwhelming. Um, And the responses of support from that and the women wanting to take action was so overwhelming. Now, whether action, whether they decided to take action or not, I don't know. You know, I never really heard back. But that's besides the point, because that level of response, I truly thought, I would get the same reaction with this call to arms that I wanted to do within the women's triathlon community. So I figured out the best course of action to tackle this was to approach one of the largest female-driven community and nonprofits in triathlon, who was Women for Tri. Now, full disclosure, uh, Women for Tri is under the umbrella of the Ironman Foundation, which itself is under the umbrella of Iron Man. I was already an active member in their Facebook group and was a strong advocate of their mission to increase female participation, awareness and and equality in sport. So naturally, I thought if I could rally the support of these women, I would only be amplifying my message and call for change because You know, let's be honest here, the trans community can talk about our rights in these locker rooms and bathrooms until we're blue in the face, but if that message was to come from a community of cis women, it would carry a hell of a lot more weight and a hell of a lot more attention. So I decided to share what happened to me in a post on their Facebook group. As well as asking for advice on what we as a community can do to make sure these areas are safe and inclusive for trans women now i knew going like all these other situations i knew going in that this would bring out the usual anti-trans people but at the same time everything these people would have would have to say is nothing i haven't already heard read seen or been told to my face directly. I'm used to it. But I also always welcome these people to the table because I do believe strongly in the freedom of speech. Whether it's good or bad, positive or negative, people should always have the right to speak their mind. And you always have the right to choose whether you want to listen and or react. And it goes both ways. I'm a strong believer of that. But also allowing these people to the table gives the opportunity to change that person's mind and possibly gain an ally. And I will always make use of that opportunities because, you know, if you're talking about trans issues and only people in that conversation are trans uh, allies and supporters, You're not really going to make much progress because those people, you already have those people on your side. You know, it's important to talk to those people, but it's just as important to talk to the people that aren't on your side. Anyways, well, it's safe to say my post certainly sparked something in people on both sides. But to my amazement, the conversation was incredibly respectful and constructive, which blew me away. And of course, yeah, I know, of course, there were the expected trolls, but the vast majority ignored them. And eventually those messages got lost in the shuffle. But you could see how people were reacting when, you know, these debates and these conversations were breaking down and becoming heated. The people stopped and acknowledged that this conversation or debate was breaking down to the point that it was not productive anymore. And they simply agreed to disagree and moved on. I mean, I, I'm i lost for words. I was literally lost for words. You know, there were so many people who simply just didn't understand what being transgender was all about. And because of that, couldn't really construct an opinion or a stance on anything related to trans rights and just kind of went with the false information that's always swirling around out there, uh, specifically when it comes to trans women in bathrooms and locker rooms. And of course, that brought the opportunity to inform and educate these people on, you know, what is actually going on. And I won, you know, I won over a lot of people because of it we were changing people's opinions. We were changing people's viewpoints. And we were gaining allies and champions to our cause. Now, there were also a lot of people that stayed firm that trans women shouldn't be allowed in the women's locker room. And you know what? That's totally fine. You know, I get that. If that's your feeling, I respect it. But As long as these people are respectful of the trans women who happen to be in that locker room with them, you know, that's all we ask for. You could disagree. That's your right. But it's not okay to do what the women did to me in those situations that I just shared. You know, that's crossing the line. But holy shit, you know, the post was sparking change and waking people up to this issue and how it affects everyone involved. I was seeing firsthand that you can tackle these hot-button issues in a professional and respectful manner, and once again, was only restoring my hope in society. Then we get to the following morning. I woke up to find out that commenting on my post was disabled with no explanation as to why. Before I could even react, the admin of the group decided to delete the post altogether, also with no explanation. I was really confused because I made sure my post did not go against any of the group's rules or code of conduct. Something was smelling a bit fishy here but I couldn't necessarily put my finger on it. I just sat there kind of thinking, great, the post is gone. And with it, all of the great information and resources that were in that conversation is gone. And more importantly, gone were the opportunities to change people's mind. Now, I would like to take another moment and share with you the Women for Tries mission statement. And it goes as follows. We are a diverse group of women united in a common goal to encourage other females to embrace the sport of triathlon. We seek to empower women to dream big, audacious goals because of what, because of what, what triathlon adds to our lives versus the barriers or challenges it may present as a trusted resource and support system for beginners, we work to erase the intimidation factor because we know it can be overwhelming. Through meaningful interactions and friendships, we build community and invite women of all ages, sizes, experience levels, and backgrounds to reimagine their potential you'll never have more fun getting seriously fit. So I think my post encompasses everything that this community stands for. To encourage other females to embrace the sport, to seek to empower women, a trusted resource and support system, erase the intimidation factor and meaningful interactions and friendships. So naturally I wanted answers So I sent a message to all of the admins of the group asking why my post was deleted and I never heard back from anyone for a long period of time. I did get direct messages from other members telling me that this wasn't the first trans-related post to get deleted and the removals generally come from one admin. (laughs) Okay, a picture is starting to develop. As it turns out, anything trans-related would get immediately removed and many people were amazed my post lasted as long as it did. I I guess I must have posted it at the right time and the right day when this admin wasn't looking. You know, finding all of this out only fueled my suspicions. I mentioned before that, you know, I don't appreciate or tolerate being silenced, censored, or put or get pushed into a corner. I always like to coin the phrase: you mess with the bull you get the horns. And someone with power was trying to silence my voice and I wasn't going to take that lane down. So of course I posted it again and that got deleted immediately. After making another attempt of posting it, I was removed and banned from the group entirely. It was then I finally got a response to my message of asking for an explanation of why my post got deleted and it was the admin known for deleting trans-related posts. And she said, This has nothing to do with you being a transgendered woman. That was the entire message. What? Uh, what? Okay. Um, it was a trans-related topic posted by a trans woman. This has everything to do with being a transgendered woman. And I told her that. And you know, later responses with this person, she was incredibly hostile towards hostile towards me. But once word got out that I was banned, I continued to get direct messages from members saying that many of them rallied together and started posting, you know, started making posts, uh, you know, in support and protest of me getting, you know, for me getting banned, which of course all got deleted by the same admin. Uh, but I was incredibly touched that people would go out of their way and voice their concerns and, you know, yeah, you know, it just blew me away that somebody, you know, people would do that, you know, cause up to this point, I've only been used to people doing the opposite for me. Yeah. So all of those, all of those got deleted. Uh, some of these women were also threatened of getting banned and, You know, to my surprise, some women ended up leaving the group because of it. I was also told and, you know, found out that this admin was attempting to smear my name and spreading lies with regards to how I acted in our private correspondence with one another. And it started to feel like this person had a personal vendetta against me and trans women in general. I'm like, you know, I'm like... What the hell did I do to this woman to deserve any of this? Like, all I can say is she was making this personal and I wasn't about to let her drag my name into the mud nor allow her to bully or intimidate me. No, no, ma'am. That's not going to happen. And she'll quickly find out that when you mess with the bull, you get the fucking horns because little did she know that I met somebody when I attended that Women in Triathlon Summit, and that person I met happened to be the executive director of the Ironman Foundation. At the summit, she approached me and wanted to talk more about trans inclusivity. That's a challenging word to say. Uh, In Ironman specifically, and wanting input on their transgender policy uh, that they were developing So I had her contact information and I decided to reach out (laughs) and share with her what happened and what this admin was doing and how she was treating me. And, you know, she responded and assured and assured me that she would look into the matter personally. I've got connections, lady. I've got connections. So it you know it took a bit of time to get updates on what was going on and a lot of the information that I received you know came from women still members of the group but I was told that sweeping changes were made to their code of conduct and how their admins and moderators handle posts and communication with members as well as Informing them that trans women are more than welcome into the women in uh, the Women for Try community and all of that jazz. Uh, But also that admin in question was immediately removed from her position as well as her role within Women for Try. Payback's a bitch, right? Made me happy. Uh (laughs) But, you know, as with bullies, I would get rumblings that she continued to spread lies about me to her social media followers, but, you know, whatever. People that follow and support her probably aren't going to change their opinions about me or trans women in general, so honestly, I could I could care less what she was saying at this point. But... I was eventually invited back to the group, but I respectfully declined. It was good to see the changes that they made, but the culture that the previous leadership embedded on the you know embedded onto the group was too damaging to feel like it would actually be a safe and inclusive space for trans women. And even to this day, I still don't believe women for try, or Iron Man for that matter is a safe and inclusive space for trans women. And I strongly encourage trans women to stay away from Women for Try and Iron Man. You know what? Maybe I should maybe I should do an episode talking about how horrible Iron Man's transgender policy is because it is probably the worst policy when compared to all other sports. It's ridiculous, you know, but I digress on that. Anyways, Women for Try, they needed to prove to me through action that they've learned their lesson and changed. So, you know, keep that little tidbit in mind of needing to prove that they've learned their lesson. Fast forward to today, the group had, surprise, surprise, another run in with discrimination, hate, and censorship, this time with with regards to the Black Lives Matter movement, where once again, the admins were deleting pro-Black Lives Matter posts and also took a very long time to show their support for the movement, which ruffled a lot of feathers within the triathlon community. But after that nonsense, to my knowledge, I think the Facebook group has been shut down uh, because, you know, I recently tried to search for it on Facebook and nothing came up but their, um, you know, their standard Facebook page. So like they hadn't learned their lesson, and that's why I didn't return to the group because I needed them to show to show me that they've learned. But this puts things in perspective of how difficult it is to change culture within anything, be that a community, a team, or a company. You know, changing a culture is one of the hardest things to do, and this whole Women for try thing is only proof of that. It also makes me conflicted for the future of trans women in triathlon, and even more so in Ironman. I can't stop thinking and dreading about what would happen when the first trans woman earns a Kona spot. And these spots in the women's division are so coveted because there are actually less spots for women when you compare the number of spots that men have. And, you know, God, what would happen if we have our first trans woman Ironman champion. I'm scared to death because I've seen what has happened, you know, in cycling and running and these other sports when a trans woman podiums, they just get fucking destroyed on social media. It's disgusting. So it's just like right now, you know, I find it hard to even see that actually happening, even more so because of how terrible Iron Man's transgender policy is. You know, I tell trans athletes all the time, don't fucking deal with it. Just go racing an Iron Man. You know, if they disqualify you, they disqualify you. Who cares? You finished it. That's all that matters. But like, oh... Just with triathlon races in general, you know, like I said before, I haven't even gotten to share the amount of adversity I had to overcome just at races, man. I haven't even gotten to that point. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I can't. This, this podcast is already getting long. So I think it's time to start wrapping this up a little bit. Regardless with Women for Tri and Ironman, and all that nonsense. I'm still very hopeful because I know that I know there are a lot of allies in the sport that want to see it become a safer and inclusive space for trans women. And I know they want to see us on that starting line. I tr- you know, I truly believe that. It's just the people in power and the huge barrier of entry that is locking us out everything must start from the top down. And until we change the top of that org chart will be when change can truly happen. So what as a society can we do? That's a really difficult question to answer. And right now, I can really only share with you what I'm doing to help. So with regards to locker rooms, you know, I'm going to continue going in there with the same level of confidence I've always been doing. I'm going to continue to challenge myself and others on what we can do to help support the trans community to feel safe in these areas. I'll continue to be the most respectful woman in that locker room. I can continue to ask people to go to their gym. It doesn't matter if it's a small mom and pop or your 24-hour fitness-sized gym. To go in and ask if they have policies in place to protect trans rights. And if they do, applaud them for it. Share that with your friends, family, and social media. Let people know that these locations are inclusive and safe. And you know, if they don't have any policies or anything in place, then that is the perfect opportunity to bring it to their attention and provide them with resources or maybe even help them develop one. But I will continue to be that example that we can be in there and feel safe with regards to like providing resources and stuff like that. I'm going to, you know, there'll be a couple of links down in the show notes that can help now with regards to discrimination and adversity and hate and censorship And all of that, I will continue to capitalize opportunities to communicate, educate, inform, and champion for transgender rights. And hope that I will be able to change someone's opinion. I'll continue being loud and proud, like I always am. I will continue to listen to the opposition to get a better understanding of their position and where they're coming from. I will always fight back with love and understanding over hate. So with regards to racing and triathlon, you know, I don't care how many people are staring at me. I don't care what my fellow athletes are saying about me or to me. It doesn't matter how someone treats me. You know, it doesn't matter how much body dysphoria I have being in a swimsuit or a wetsuit or a cycling kit or whatever. I'll continue being out there on the course to show we belong. I'll continue being out there as proof that we can overcome anything we put our minds to. I'll continue being out there to show my fellow trans women that we are women and deserve to race along and with our fellow women. I'm out there because sport is a human right. So in closing, and probably most importantly, I hope sharing these stories show all of you that even against all odds, and when your back is against the wall, you can rise above it all and stand up for yourself and make a difference. I hope I proved that today, and once again, anything is possible. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I truly appreciate all the continued love and support for myself, my community, and this new podcast. Of course, the best way to help support the show is to subscribe. Maybe leave a review. I always love the feedback. And of course, share with your friends and family. If you would like to send in a message, you can send it to podcast at hi, my name is Aaron.com. That is E R I N. Or you can reach out on Twitter and or Instagram at hi, my name is underscore life. So until then everyone, anything is possible. And I'll see you for the next one. Bye-bye.